Cool. Um, so, man, let's just get right to it. Um, man, you look a little tired. <laughs> I, I'm very tired. Uh, you know, every day just feels a little bit longer at this point. Yeah, yeah. So let me just uh, introduce who we are. Um, sure. So I'm Kevin Sheridan. Uh, I run Sheridan BJJ. Um, I introduced myself a little further in the first one. But um, I'm basically just concerned uh, and um, trying to get the word out there on how we can how we can help. So first thing is how we can help the world with this, the United States right now, how we can help slow this thing. And the second thing, how we can help our community, which a lot of that is my jujitsu community, my neighbors, my friends and family, my kids' school community. And then how can we help ourselves? So um, I have uh, a lot of jujitsu students that do a lot of different things. And some of them are doctors and nurses. And I've been talking to them. And I've been talking to people in Italy, and um, I've been getting more of what's going on from that than I have been on the news. Although the news, the news does give a lot, but uh, it really makes a difference when you know someone and you have a conversation with them, and and it it really you know it hits home. So Arun trains with me. Um, he's a a, a tough. Uh, Blue belt, right? Or purple belt? <laughs> white. White belt. Oh, man. He's really a blue belt, guys. He's just a white. He's he didn't know too, he was getting promoted. We canceled he's that. Just, <laughs> he's just too busy to uh, to get promoted. Thank uh, you. I appreciate that. You had to cancel the ceremony. And then I had to cancel the jiu-jitsu ceremony. And then, obviously, Gabe, my partner, who runs Sumas BJJ, and we have Be Grateful BJJ together, which is a coalition of schools to uh, – basically just help each other uh, uh, do what we do, uh, which is um, bettering people's lives through the sport of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's the mission. So in this, how can we better people's lives right now while they're at home? Well, I want to give them the information that I'm getting. Um, And uh, Arun is a doctor at uh, Summit Overlook Hospital, uh, where I was born. And um, so... um, Maybe you can tell us a little bit about exactly what kind of doctor and, and what you do, and then we'll go into what's going on. Sure, yeah. So I uh, I just started uh, my residency, actually, there. I'm an yeah. internal medicine resident. Uh, I just moved here from uh, Trinidad and Tobago, uh, getting this journey started. And I have to say, this is something I didn't expect to ever encounter while I was in my first year. But, uh, you know, it's... It's tough, but I feel like it'll make a really tough generation of physicians coming out now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting that you say that because uh, one of my, I mentioned this in the last podcast, but one of my best friend's father was one of the premier uh, gunshot wound specialists in the United States. And it's because he, uh, you know, learned how to handle all that in Vietnam. And then after that, he's been in, the, you know, he was in Newark hospitals. Um, so first of all, I mean, we, we talked briefly the other night, but how are you, how are you doing? What's, tell me what's going on with you personally and how you handle all this. Uh, I'm good. Uh, you know, just taking it one day at a time. Uh, you know, every day you walk in, you get your temperature checked, you make sure you're under a hundred and then they let you into work. Uh, you know, it's, it's very surreal sometimes like looking down some, some of the hospital wards and you just see all the doors are closed and there's protective gear outside of all of them. It's very eerie. Um, but you know, it's interesting times. Yeah. 
So right in your hospital right now, right now we're at the 26th of March. And one of the things that really spurred me to take this super serious, everyone has had their timeline to this. Now, in the beginning, I remember my mother called me and saying, you got to close your school. I had just come back from Costa Rica. I said, mom, that's my school, that's my livelihood. Well, a day later, I spoke to Federico Tisi, who we're going to be speaking to on, on the podcast tomorrow morning from Milan. And he said, Kev, close the school. This, is, this thing is really nasty and really big. And we've been closed. And, and the, the chill that went down my spine when he said, Kevin, it's up to the point today that they have to choose between 55-year-olds and over to not help them because they're thinking that they've lived their lives and they, they're only choosing to handle the below 55. And that's when I realized, man, this is so how are you guys doing with supplies, with masks and, and respirators and things like that? Because that's what he said. They said they had no yeah. equipment. That was it. That's what it was. They had the personnel, but they didn't have the respirators. Yeah, it, it's coming. It's it's getting low now. Uh, you can tell everybody's kind of on edge about, you know, losing their mask. Or, you know, if you t- if you like uh, first the string that's holding it, it's a problem. Um, everybody's everybody needs masks. Uh, we're at the point now where we are uh, kind of recycling them, which I've never seen before. But basically, they're going to use a form of ultraviolet light that apparently kill the virus. Uh, but I've never seen that before. And, you know, I can tell we really need some masks. Um, a lot of people are donating. A lot of companies are donating. Um, you know, restaurants have been sending food. Com- the community has been really supportive. But uh-huh. you know, we definitely need masks. Now, th- I talked to you a couple days ago, and it didn't seem yeah. that that was the answer. A couple days ago, had that changed since we spoke? Yeah, I, I definitely feel like it's changed over the last, I would say, even day or so. Wow. Yeah, yeah because w- one of the things that that really alarmed me was I got, and I mentioned this in the last podcast just two days ago, I got, a, 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 I saw a message my wife showed me on Maplewood Online where a woman's in Patterson Hospital and she uh, was delivering babies there and she was pleading anyone in Maplewood, if anyone had any masks or any type of equipment, garbs, that right now she's delivering babies and that she can't protect the, the mothers. And they're delivering them in, in close proximity to where the COVID patients are. And I thought, man, this is right in Patterson. And now we're in Summit, New Jersey. I spoke to you a couple of days ago and you said, well, we're actually not too bad. You know, we're, we're doing okay. But now it's just two days later and it seems like the story is, is more yeah. desperate now. Yeah. Our, our ICU is full right now. Uh, there's a spillover. So after surgery, there's like a intensive care area where the post-surgical patients go. We've overflowed the ICU in that area at this point. Um, it's kind of, it's really all hands on deck now. We're pulling extra residents to the area. We're pulling extra physicians. It's definitely all hands on deck. You know, what time do you go to work? Uh, I usually try and get in by like about 6.30. And what time are you finishing? Usually about 5 o'clock. If I'm on call, I'll stay till about 8.39. And you're working six, seven days a week or six, six, six days a week. So you're getting your day yeah. off. Yeah. Um, and when you go into the hospital, what's like the first thing that you do when you go in? First thing is they check out temperature. Uh, they won't let you work without it. Okay. So, you know, they kind of like just scrape something over your head. It's interesting. Uh, and then, you know, you get in immediately, try and put on, put on your mask as soon as possible. Just try and find a quiet area and try and stay away from people and just try and 
get your work done. You know? Now, is it just a mask that you put on or what else do you put on? Yeah, so so what, what we're doing right now, if we're not seeing the patients, is we can just wear a regular surgical mask around the okay. floor. Okay. Um, that's what most people have been doing. If we do go into the room, you know, we have to put on uh, protective eyewear. We have to wear uh, like surgical caps, um, protective uh, like plastic gowns that kind of protect everything. Um, and even like the shoes that we wear into the room, I, you know, it's not really feasible to cover them every time we go in. They tell us like, leave them outside, leave them in the garage because it's just, it just sticks to everything apparently. And it stays on surfaces for days. Yeah. Gabe, we, we yeah. heard that. We heard that, right? Michael, Michael yesterday. Yeah. Michael. What did he, what did he say about the shoes again? He Never. said that it was sticking, that it was sticking to the, uh, to leave them outside. And, and yeah. now you had a reason for Heather to tell you to keep your, your shoes off the coffee table. <laughs> yeah. I just got this text, Professor, earlier. Um, Aaron, maybe you can confirm this. Uh, it sticks. Uh, never shake used or unused clothing, sheets, or cloth. While it is glued to a poor surface, it is very in inert and disintegrates only between three hours on fabric and porous surfaces, four hours copper and wood. 24 hours on cardboard on cardboard 42 hours for metal and 72 hours on plastic but if you shake it or use a feather duster the virus molecules float in the air for up to three hours supposedly this is um from john hopkins so i i definitely don't know the differences between the times that uh you know it'll stick to surfaces or disintegrate i i can't confirm that or deny that yeah. Uh, the issue with the, you know, the, the, the dusting, I, I suppose it makes sense because, you know, we're not, uh, we're trying not to aerosolize these people, meaning, you know, they cough up respiratory droplets. If you ever watched, a, you know, an old time movie, you can see like these drops, these exaggerated things that come out. It's exactly the same thing, um, you know, and that in itself is just what's happening. So I could definitely see something like a feather dust affecting it. Yeah. Well, but I, I honestly don't know. But, yeah, yeah well listen i i deal with lead at my job as a painting company and you know it takes a sugar packet to to contaminate an area and, and when we sand off the outside of a house we're taking off sometimes 100 pounds of lead dust Jesus so i mean it doesn't take much um so as far as what are you what are you actually doing in the hospital right now are you handling some of the patients that are sick with this so so we do have a few uh, on our service, um, specifically the one I'm on right now, we kind of more manage uh, patients alongside orthopedics and we manage a lot of the strokes and, uh, you know, neurological service. But, you know, we are getting spillover into that. And, um, you know, I've been to the ICU and seen what's going on there. And it's, you know, it, it's terrible. And I can, you know, I, I see it in the people that I work with. Everybody seems afraid, you know. Yeah. How, what, what are some of the symptoms that that you see, because I've been hearing different things from different people. Obviously, the people react differently. But what right. are some of the stuff that they hear that how they're coming in or how they react to this? So there are the basics that kind of bring people into the hospital. It's going to be the classic cough, fever, shortness of breath. You know, you're sitting down, you can't really breathe. Um, more recently, people have been talking about uh, anosmia or lack of smell. Um, that people have been noticing and saying that they have uh, symptoms. And recently it's also been noted like a pink eye symptoms, conjunctivitis, uh -huh. um, that those, there have been reports of that. Uh, from what it looks like, both uh, 
the American colleges of, I don't know the official names, but ophthalmology and nose and throat have kind of confirmed these uh, issues um, in terms of the, you know, conjunctivitis and the anosmia. Um, so those would really be the things to look for. Wow. And yeah. what about like the ages of the patients that you see? So it's, it is varying. I, I believe I told you this on our call the other day, there was an 18 year old that died in, in the city the other day. Yeah. yeah um, about that. You know, we, we have the youngest I've seen personally is about 38 who's been yeah. hospitalized for it. Um, but you know, there are definitely others, but it goes as high as 93. I had one of my patients today was 93 with it. Um, and you know, Kevin, those are kind of, it, it's, it's all over the place. When we got off the call today. You had to jump to teach class. Yeah. But like, um, Yanni uh, lost a family member to it. And then she's really worried about her mom. She doesn't know um, if she's sick or not. And basically like one or two people had it in the apartment building in New York and it's just like spreading through the whole building. Yeah, is she near Queens? I, I think it may be Queens. Yeah, because my instructor Fabio is in Queens. And, um, you know, I, I, I know that a lot of people weren't taking that too seriously a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Rob, we have another student of ours, uh, Rob Fitzpatrick, and he's, he's on, he's a nurse, and he's on in Morristown Memorial. And about a week ago, he was saying, listen, we're, we're stretched for supplies. But what he, what he said, which, which was interesting, was that he just had mostly older people. And then the last few days, which is now, what, five, six days ago, he said we had a huge amount of 20 to 30-year-olds. Because these were the people that weren't really following the orders, and right. they got kind of hit with it. Yeah, you know. So yeah, that's one of the things people need to understand that it can it can definitely affect you even if you are younger and asymptomatic. Now, like no, where is your mom and dad? My parents are both in Trinidad, and you know I'm I'm very scared personally for what's going to happen there. Yeah. Uh, from what I've heard that's happening, everybody is kind of, you know, pretty scared into the social distancing. I think they've seen what's happened in New York. Um, but my issue for my country is I believe from what I've been told, we have between 26 and 40 events in the entire country. Um, you know, I really shudder to think what happens if even 1% of the population needs that kind of level of treatment. Listen, I know that's the crazy <laughs> thing. Like, uh, Jimmy Harbison, who teaches with us, um, he was in the Roland in Costa Rica camp when this went down and we were all down there. We were down there for a couple of weeks and we were just high on training and surfing. And, you know, we weren't really paying attention to the news up here and we got back. I was hit with it hard, but he still stayed down there. And I talked to him. It was probably less than a week ago and he was in Nicaragua. And I said, dude, he goes, what should I do? Should I, you know, go back to Costa Rica? I go, man, you get, you leave tomorrow morning. I mean, this, the health system in Nicaragua is a struggle. Uh, I've been in a hospital in Nicaragua. And Costa Rica is, is pretty good, you know, really good. Uh, but Nicaragua, especially with the political climate right now. So literally, when I spoke to him, they were closing the border down as he went through it. And he made it back to Costa Rica, and they made it back. They actually flew. I, 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 I didn't think it was a good idea to fly, but those guys are young. They wanted to get home to see their parents. So have you, you know, what does your mom and dad think of, of what you're doing? Have, you know, how are they reacting to, cause you're, you're in the, you're, 
you're in a danger zone. You're in a war zone right now, right? Yeah, uh, I definitely, you know, realized how bad it was. I, you know, I, I kind of just thought they would assume I was okay and I've taken the right precautions, you know, but I just I answered the phone a couple of days ago. My mom just answered it crying. She just worried about me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really tough for them. Uh, you know, I think my dad is pretty scared. I kind of told him what's happening here. And I think he's really like, you know, really going hard for the, for the social distancing and stuff. And, you know, now, what, what are they doing it. down there? What kind of policies do they have in it down in, in Trinidad? So I, I believe they've already closed our borders. I mean, it's, it's a small place, <laughs> so it's easy to, uh, you know, regulate that. But, um, you know, everybody's just kind of staying apart right now. We had our first confirmed death, um, I believe, yesterday. So we're definitely behind this area. But I really, I really think it's going to get hit pretty hard. Yeah. yeah. And, and how old are you? I'm 25. 25. Young guy. Yeah. And where do you fit in your family? You have brothers, sisters? I have a younger sister. Younger sister. And and everyone's probably wondering this. Where did you, you this is a Trinidad guy with like a Brooklyn <laughs> accent, like a New York accent. Why why am I hearing that? Are you hearing that game? I, <laughs> I got a little, little something, something. Did you learn in like a Brooklyn school? Like you know? I, I lived I lived in Brooklyn for a couple of years. Yeah. Ah, okay. All right. Well, yeah. it's cool. I like the accent. Yeah. Gabe, what do you you know, what do you want to find out while we um, have a ruin here? Because listen, he woke up, he went to his shift, he he took a nap. And he called, just so you guys know, he called. I said, hey, man. He goes, yeah, I think I could do it the next couple of days. I said, can we do it tonight? Because I'd love to just get this information out to people so they just understand what's going on. And he, so he jumped on a, a call with us. And I appreciate it because I know that, you know, you just got off a huge long shift and, you know, took a small nap. But, what, you know, what, what you, what you, you want to find out or you think that people may want to know. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Kev. Um, Aaron. I know you. Uh, it's no. No one knows for sure. What's the anticipation for the numbers and spike over the next couple of days? What are they saying? So the data that I had heard, um, this is maybe a bit dated, maybe like a week ago. They were expecting, you know, around fifty million cases, um, something like, um, I believe it was. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm mixing it up. It was ninety thousand, ninety million cases, like forty-eight million hospitalizations. And I believe around half a million deaths is what expect is what worldwide. I believe that's just I believe that's just in the U.S. In the U.S., ninety million. Ninety I mean, million what, cases. Yeah, I know, but what are we at right now? Like ninety thousand. You know, you know, I may this is data I heard like a, a yeah. week ago. It might might be worldwide. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Listen, I think you right know, now you don't know everything. You're a doctor who's trying to take care of patients. <laughs> yeah, sure. We know this. My excuse is my first year. <laughs> listen, most people hearing this are just our jujitsu yeah. friends. So yeah, yeah. so everyone knows that this is what it is. We're not professionals. We don't know anything. We're just talking yeah. and sharing information. So yeah, Kev, what, what I heard like what fifty four thousand we were up to today in the United States or something like that. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's man. I thought it was ninety. I, I believe we recently crossed like a thousand deaths um, in the USA. You know, I think New York is really the epicenter of what's happening right now. Um, and we are really, really just right there. And I think the main thing is, you know, to talk about flattening the curve, but, you know, kind of just to stress how important it is. It kind of, you know, when, when that curve isn't stretched up, when that curve doesn't go up the way we don't want it to, you know, you talked about the decisions that they're making in Italy, Kevin, um, you know, they're making decisions like who do we keep, the older people, the younger people. Here, there are going to be very similar 
you know, decisions? Do we keep like, you know, 18 year olds with no problems versus, you know, um, so you know, like, versus like people who've been paying into Medicaid their whole lives. Uh, Gabe, I think yeah. you, I think you brought me on your screen somehow. No, I did. I did. I pulled up for you guys. I just pulled up Chrome just so for everyone listening, because we were all over the place. The United States uh, now has more coronavirus causes cases than any yeah. other country with over 82,400, according to John Hopkins University. Yeah. There were more okay. than 81,700 known cases in China and Italy was 80,500. Yeah. But I, I, they're comparing Italy, but Italy is such a small country compared to the United States, you know? Yeah. Um, so Arun, what would you like to share? Like, what would you like to say to people that may hear this that can help? Like, what, you know, what's your, what's your advice for people that, that want to help keep people out of the hospitals? Like, you know, what, what you, you know, here's your platform that, you know, you can say, Hey, listen, do this, please. You know? So, so I know I'm talking to a lot of jujitsu guys and girls out there. Um, so, you know, like I, like I was saying earlier, this thing is spread by, you know, things like drop respiratory droplets, sneezing, you know, even some saliva around the mouth, even some, you know, um, coughing. That's why it's really important to do the vampire cough like that. Um, just cough into that. It's really important for the athletes as well. Like you guys are, you know, people share things like, I don't know, people share towels, um, you know, people high five, people wipe their face. You know, I think it's really good that, you know, you, you took the initiative and closed the gym kind of before everybody else is, everybody else did from what it sounds like. Um, but that's what, you know, I wanted to just stress for the athletes that are listening. Um, you know, just from what I can say is donate what you can in terms of supplies that we can use, um, if that's possible, you know, and just really try to abide by the social distancing and really help us flatten that curve. You know, if if our supplies deteriorate enough and we can't treat people properly, physicians are going to get sick. Um, physicians are going to stop showing up to work. And then, then who's going to treat people? It's, you know, and it's not just physicians. It's nursing staff. It's respiratory. It's, you know, everybody who's involved. And, in, you know, there are so many people involved in the case. Um, yeah. So I just, you know, I can really just stress, you know, the social distancing. And this this will take some time. You know, they're saying at least over here, from what I've, I spoke to an infectious disease doctor here, and they're expecting like a month of some really hard, hard times. And then it's going to keep, yeah. it's going to keep going for a while after that, but peaking in about three, um, three, two to three, maybe a month. Yeah. Okay. You so know. first of all, how can people get equipment to, and what do they need exactly? And how can they get it to the right place? Like let's, you know, first of all, let's start with what, what do people, what can, what can people get? what do they need what do you need obviously we don't have respirators in a garage but masks yeah. right yeah that, the, the masks are good um, can we confirm the masks real quick guys so um yesterday on the podcast i said that uh kelly christmas contact her from the rock box in morristown and there's some people doing 3d printing um they made masks and they made them out of wow. old fabric and they sewed them and they're dropping them off at the hospital and um to, to workers so do you need something special or is it just as long as you have a bandana or something protecting you so that, that the virus doesn't get into your, into your nose and mouth? So I know there are certain standards for these, you know, surgical um, masks. I'll be, I'll be honest. I don't know the exact, you know, specifications of them, but mm -hmm. the problem with the bandanas and, you know, the coverings that aren't really tested is the problem. 
they are tested. We don't really know what they actually are keeping out. Um, and I think, you know, the fact that Italy is down to where they have people covering with bandanas or they're still coming to work, if they only have a mild fever or a cough, you know, I, it, it's really tough to say that that would work, to be honest. Um, yeah. I, 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 I can't say for sure. Um, I suppose it wouldn't hurt your chances. Um, you know, and it's difficult for me to just say, hey, guys, like, go find masks and, and donate them. Cause no, if you, if you have them, though, they, they were selling them at CVS on Friday. Yeah. Really? I mean, they yeah. were out when I went there, but they said, hey, we're going to have a more shipment this Friday. Yeah. And um, we didn't end up going because I got them from a friend of mine who's a nurse. But we just gave them up to the woman in Patterson that was asking for them. So yeah. if you have masks, approved surgical masks, which are just ones that are made, and you have them, and you have them to spare, then you can bring them to where? I mean, I'm sure people don't want to be going to the hospital. <laughs> that, no? I'll be honest. I, I don't know how exactly to do the donations. I can, well, I can find well, out and definitely well, relay it to you for the next episode. Why don't we do say this? Yeah. Anyone's listening to this. Drop them off at 863 Valley Street in a bag. You know, yeah. that's my studio. This yeah. is what the lady doing. Make it real simple. She said, please yeah. drop them on my porch on Tuscan Road. And when I got there, there was someone else who had dropped off a dozen masks. And I'll try and get that info for you for the next podcast. Well, it's fine. Listen, you drop them off here and I'll, I get them to you, right? Yeah. That's going to be the quickest way. So if anyone yeah, has cool. any masks. Uh, contact either Rob Fitzpatrick, who's a nurse, get him to him. He's on our chat group. Uh, and if you're listening to this and, and, you know, I would say that if you have any masks, um, and you know, someone that works at a hospital, contact them and drop them off at her house, at, at their house. If you, if you organize that, you know, I don't, don't walk, don't, you know, am I saying the right thing? Like go, you know, mm -hmm. take your car, walk up, drop them and leave. Yeah. Um, one of the things I think that's important is that people are struggling with, obviously you say, well, uh, just stay home the whole time right. and only come out for emergencies. But obviously there's things that people have to get done. And I think they can do it if they're responsible. Responsible mm -hmm. means wearing gloves, wearing a mask um, and staying six feet away from people. You mean in terms of going back to work? Well, so, no, and no, no, I don't mean no. that. I'm in terms of your, you, you know, your, your. My, my daughter had a fever today. I had to mm -hmm. go to CVS. We didn't have stuff to keep her fever down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Know? Um. So I go there yeah. and, and I handle it responsibly. I wait. I see someone in there. I wait till they leave. Right. Put my mask on. Put my gloves on. And then when they come out, I go in. It's just right. the way I got pizza the other night, you know. Did you do pro did you do the protocol with the um your nose and I the didn't no. no I didn't. I felt like I had the mask, so but well, again, um, I just think be smart, you know. What what I would say on the fever specifically is um th there's been some data to show, you know, kind of not to use uh, ibuprofen, but to use Tylenol instead. Yeah, so um that that's kind of what's been recommended in terms of breaking the fever. Yeah. Um it's been shown to have a lot better outcomes and the um i believe advil you know is kind of shown to not be kind of be affecting pathways that may <sighs> not affect it or maybe even harm it yeah, yeah i i feel i mean we've been two weeks now we've been really pretty careful 
uh, my daughter. Um, but you know, she's, she has been running around in the gym with me, yeah. you know, and, uh, I'm teaching class out of the gym and, you know, I'm just thinking, retracing my tracks. I'm going, Oh, all right. You know, um, I got to watch out, you know, um, Anyway, Gabe, uh, any, anything else you want to, you guys want to hit on yeah. while we're here? We got, we got time. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to bring up, you had brought up, people are donating food. Um, mm -hmm. I just found out today, Donna Archer, Kev is, uh, Donna Archer is an, an investor over here at Summis, uh, and a friend of Kevin and mine. And she's actually going around and helping the local restaurants get food to the hospital right now in Morristown. So uh, if you go to her Instagram, you can Venmo her. She's been, uh, people have been sending a bunch of money over to help, uh, to help her get food over, over to the hospital. Um, I don't know if there's a program like that in Summit, uh, but Donna is uh, Donna, D-O-N-N-A-S, Archer, A-R-C-H-E-R. -E and the link is right in her bio. You can just hit Venmo, send her money. And uh, she's helping not only the hospitals, but she's also helping the local restaurants that are trying to stay open right now. So she's giving up the money ordering from, you know, whatever she can per day and, um, you know, keeping it moving. And she was doing it out of her own pocket for a while. And then people started donating. So shout out to her. Cool. Arun, um, oh man, I'm losing my train of thought. I was going to ask you. Well, Aaron, is there, is there anyone that's doing that at some, at summit? Do you need, do you need assistance with food right now? Is there anything that are people yeah. donating right now or? You know, food food is always appreciated. Um, Coffee. But yeah, that's always appreciated. But uh, you know, in yeah. terms of what's going on outside and these programs, I'm really I've really been blind to it. Yeah, I'll of course. Honest. I mean, you're in yeah. there doing your job. But what I'm um, so guys like so I know that's happening in Marstown. But if you guys want like and you have gloves and you're handling it responsibly, go to Dunkin' Donuts and grab a bunch of boxes of Joe or something like that and, and drop it off at the emergency room because these guys could use it. They're working around the clock. Yeah, but think about that. Hold on a second. Yeah. We're, we're telling someone to go to the emergency room. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's good advice. <laughs> well, then don't, <laughs> you know don't what I'm go saying? To yeah, well, if you're already doing it, if you're already out there, pick it up on your way. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I feel like stay the hell away from the hospital. You know, probably the best bet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who's dropping off the food to you. I hope those guys have masks. Well, that's what I'm, I'm talking about. Sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure they do. Yeah. 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 Maybe pay. You know what? Thanks for clarifying. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I'm just. <laughs> no, I'm down. I'm down. I mean, you know, these delivery guys are taking their life into their hands right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> But it's Listen, crazy. So is anybody that's not as a cash register too, right, Professor? Like anyone that's out there right now is kind of. Well, I, I felt like a little, I felt like a little, kind of like pawning my son off the other night. I was like, we went to get pizza at Arturo's and uh, he, he looks at me, he goes, are you, you going to go get it? I go, no, I'm not going to get it. Because mm -hmm. they, they have a system, which I think is really cool. You order the pizza, they take the credit card on the phone so you don't have to hand anything over. They tell you a time like 7.07. You have to be outside. And when you're there, call us and we'll leave it right in the front. So you call them and say, I'm here. You step back, you know, six feet and then they get the pizza. And I, I thought that was great. My friend, friend, uh, Fred uh, from Arturo's was doing, I thought it was a great system. Did you put in the back of the pickup truck? So like the cardboard wasn't in the well, truck? Well, it's <laughs> funny because I mean, I know, listen, it's always good to laugh at stuff when, when stuff's going on. I know 
just, you know, a little bit of comedy, but I said, my son looked at me, he goes, you want me to go, go get the pizza? I go, yeah, man. Like you're young, man. No, you're, you can deal with, I'll be 49 in a week. And he goes, all right. And then he, he had his mask on. He comes back and he goes, all right, dad, here you go. Corona flavored pizza just for you. <laughs> so, you know, try to keep it light. Um, so man, um, so how about you? What are you doing to take care of yourself? Uh, you know, I, t- I took my first online BJJ class last night. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, it was a, a lot tougher than I thought somebody could work out over the internet. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a tough class. That's cool. So who was yeah. teaching? Was that Yanni or no, it was Jimmy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yanni. Yeah, she's tough. Yeah. Um, so let's just talk about that for a little bit. Um, so we were all training jujitsu. It was great. A good stress reliever. And then we all got hit with this. And um, for the jujitsu community that's listened to this, this is the first thing I did was think about, oh, how I could help my people. And I came up with some ideas. And I really, after talking to TC, I just wanted to get the word out. Hey, man, this is serious. Don't train. Stop training. You know, social distance. Let's all try to flatten that curve. Try to beat that that drum. Um, and oh man, I'm getting old. I keep losing my train of thought. What was what was I hitting on? We're talking about the benefits of of jujitsu and how we all were, we you started to get everybody online right now. I'm like the old man in the group. That's so, why I have games. Wait, man, like, how many cla- how many classes did you how many classes did you teach I, today? I, I haven't been boxing either. It's just I forget <laughs> stuff. Um, so basically, I thought I came up with something that could help people. And then I, I, as soon as I started talking to people and asking what they wanted, what I came up with is nothing what they wanted. Uh, so asking people what they wanted, they wanted their normal schedule. They wanted to still be able to, if they went to a 6 a.m. class, they wanted to attend that. They went to a seven o'clock class, they wanted to attend that. They were home during the day now, they wanted something to do during the day. So, we basically went online live. A lot of other jujitsu schools have put content out, but li- from listening to what my people wanted, they wanted to do their 6 a.m. class. They wanted the same instructor. And when they wanted the same group of people going, and that's what's been happening. We've had like the seven o'clock classes, similar people, 6 a.m., similar people, 12 o'clock's new. And uh, the people that have been making it have been getting a little bit of positive, a little bit of community, like we're talking right now. And then a pretty good workout, believe it or not, you know, you know, not obviously when you're rolling in jujitsu. And then after that, close it out with a little gratefulness. Dude, I spoke, I spoke to a lot of people today. Yeah. I'm, I talked, I talked to like literally 20, 30, 25 people today. It was okay. awesome. Uh, and I'm pumped by talking to everyone. And I spoke to Sam today. He was yeah, like, yeah. Bro. he was like, the 12 o'clock. He's like, I was smashed. I went upstairs. I made a protein shake and just sat on the couch for an hour. He's like, oh, yeah. How did he, how did Jimmy do that to me over the, over the internet? Well, so Arun, he took a class the other night and I'm so glad he did because the other reaction I get is I talk to people and they go, well, I, I, I can't even do jujitsu right now. So I just don't want to do anything. I'm just staying away from it because I like it so much and I can't even do it. And then I hear, well, man, I, I'm just depressed. I, you know, I'm waking up late. I'm drinking, I'm eating crappy food and. I just don't feel like I want to do anything. So what's been happening is the upper belts, the teachers, 
other students have been reaching out to each other because I'm asking them to, and also they are just reaching out and saying, hey, come, come to class, say hi to everybody, get a little bit of a workout. Because the reality is, is this is what we did before. Why do we do jujitsu? So we could get our mind off what we're doing, right? So we could get a, a workout and so we could see some of our friends. So it's similar. I mean, it's not the same, obviously, but it's what we have now. And if you're saying that this is going to be there for a little while, then, you know, then we better dig in a little bit. The way I look at it, we got four weeks. And how are we going to handle these four weeks? Yeah. I mean, you're on survival mode, obviously, you know, yeah. but, um, you know, for us, you know, we, we are actually working really hard, Gabe and I, probably hard, much harder than we were working before. Um, just trying to basically help everyone be better in this, you know? Yeah. I have um, to agree. I definitely slept much better than a couple nights before. Yeah. After I did that class and great. since then. Yeah. Great. That's cool, man. So I'm really happy about that. And for me, that's just exactly what it is. I mean, if you can hit a couple of those seven o'clock classes, get some sanity. Um, because for me, to be honest with you, I was in a depression for like three or four days when this thing about a week after it hit and it started to get bad and staying up late, you know, my kids are sleep my wife's asleep watching cnn then just continuing watching whatever eating crap food and not waking up and then i realized man i i need to i need to do something and get this thing going and and now really my saving grace is i do the 12 o'clock class i teach the two o'clock kids and the three o'clock kids and at four o'clock teen class and man i've been loving connecting with these kids it's been really nice well, listen, Arun, I don't want to keep you too much. I, you know, we, we got 40 minutes of your time. Um, so I, I thank you so much for coming on and just giving us an insight. Um, I know, I know you got to get to sleep because it's 910 and, and you got to work tomorrow morning. So I just want to thank you for, for, um, for coming on and spending the time and, you know, let everyone know that, that, you know, we really appreciate what everyone's doing and, and just, you know, you guys are the heroes during this. You know, 9-11 was the firemen and the police and all the, but, you know, you guys are, are, are the heroes in this. Thank so, you. I really, I really appreciate that. And, you know, this was a, it was a great, you know, feeling to, you know, be asked to come on and do this and spread a little, you know, awareness of what's happening. So thank you for that. It's awesome. super helpful. Yeah. Anything on your level, Gabe? No, I'm great. Thank you so much for coming on. Very grateful for you, on. Thanks for staying up. Thank cool, you. man. See you later, bud. Okay, we can stay on for a couple minutes. Cool, man. Peace on. Peace, Bye. brother. So, 25-year-old yeah. kid, you know, when I say he's a kid, he's an adult. Yeah, no, but, yep. you know, in it, in the hospital, dealing with his stuff, his parents, he's from Trinidad, his parents are worried about him, his younger sister's worried about him, he's working six days a week. 12, 15 hour days, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it really makes me happy that he enjoyed the class the other night. And he called me and said, man, I'm gonna, I wanna do this at least twice, two, three times a week. Yeah. Uh, because for me, it's been my sanity. 
when the cortisol levels are that high and you're under that much stress and distress, you don't realize how much your body needs that release to you get it. You must have felt amazing. Yeah. So uh, how do you want to, how do you want to use this? We got another twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, how do we want to use this time? Um, we can uh, we can get going on the on the Instagram stuff we're going to work on. Or... No, I mean I mean for people listening, not just me and you oh. meeting. Yeah, sure. You know. Um. Well, we did some. Uh, you have any housekeeping from uh, yesterday's episode? Yeah, I th- you know what I thought was really powerful. Well, let's let's recap on today, even though because it, it, it's going to serve everyone. I thought your conversation today that you, you told on a couple of the calls and that you and I spoke about this morning was super powerful about why it's so important and what your why is behind why you're asking the teachers to make this, these phone calls um, because of that gentleman that you spoke to and the, the the three the three different types of feedback that you're getting when you speak to people if they've been on the online classes or not and that specific one that you had the interaction that you sent to Mike today. Yeah, so, you know, I've been reaching out to people and I know that, well, first of all, for Be Grateful BJJ members, um, it's not just a school. We know that it's like a community. So what we're asking, if you haven't seen someone in the online classes, if you haven't talked to them, then reach out to them. And the first thing you say is, how you doing? What's going on with you? How's everything? Just how are you, man? Uh, and then the second thing is, do you need any help? You know, do you need any help? And then the third thing is, hey, this is what we're doing here. This is what we're doing instead of jujitsu. And I just want to share it with you and invite you to be a part of it. And sometimes people will say, well, I'm not really into the online thing. And that's okay. But they don't, sometimes they don't even know what that means, what it is. And, you know, I'll just say a little bit about what's going on. Gabe and I are talking every day at 9.30 to to 10 o'clock, kids running around, his kids running around. And what we're trying to do in the morning, we're trying to do is serve one, to slow this thing down as much as we can to do our part in getting it slowed down. And that's part of what this is. Mm-hmm. And two, how can we help our community, um, jiu-jitsu community, because that's a lot of our community, my kids, schools, friends and family. Uh, and then how can, how can you help yourself? So that's the three things that this podcast is focused on. How can we help the world? How can we help our community? And how can we help ourselves? And I'll just sit, give a quick example of how already this is helping. I saw a fake Facebook post about five days ago from a friend of mine, Dominic DeLuca. And he's, he, that, he used to do, he used to organize fish concerts or whoever that was the band that covered for fish. So he's got tons of friends. And he said, listen, I'm not feeling well. I have a fever. And I went to get tested in a couple different places. And there were 200 responses by the time I got to it at the end of the day. And um, I couldn't get tested. And I called up Mike, who's a nurse, who's, a, who's one of my black belts. I said, Mike, how are you guys doing over there? 
are you able to get, do you have tests? He goes, yeah, we got them in like two days ago. We, we get 50 of them a day. And I said, dude, all right. Are, can you just go in there and test? He's like, you got to tell your friend if come sit in the car on the outside, honk the horn, they'll come outside. They'll test you. I said, wonderful. They were doing that in South Korea. So I called Dom up. He went the next day, he got tested, he self-quarantined. It took six days for the test to come back. And I saw on Facebook that he's, he has it. So it was just cool that, you know, why did I, I, I was talking to Mike because he's in my jujitsu community. I talked to Aaron because he's in my jujitsu community. Talked to Rob Fitzpatrick. I had a contact in Milan because he's in my jujitsu community. So the cool thing about jujitsu is that just like a virus, it has no borders and it doesn't discern. There's all different cultures, all different ages, all different professions. And so we're linked into a pretty interesting community that has tons of resources in the jiu-jitsu community. I was thinking a lot about what you just said, just like the, the, the how it's analogous spreading relationship yeah. jiu-jitsu and and but you know what the difference is i love i love in our core values and our mission statement we're here to impact to provide value and a virus infects and yeah spread impact and and it's the greatest amount of people that we can impact and give value to yeah right now i mean listen right now i feel like i want to connect yeah that's why i put cnn on i want to hear what's going on but it's kind of it's it's was, good for about 15 minutes but then it's the same stuff what was powerful to me though today, the three things you, you, the three things that you spoke about was that there's some people, the one, one, one guy was really, was really distraught. And yeah. Okay. I'll get, okay. Let's talk about that. So when I'm reaching out, I'm hearing, this is what I'm hearing a lot of, man, I'm good. My job's good. My family's pretty solid. It's a little crazy, but we're actually enjoying this time. We're working on a vegetable garden. We are um, playing games together. All the stuff that I do, I, that I do when I, I take my family to the Adirondacks, a little cabin, 60 square feet, uh, 80 square feet, actually, if you include the porch, no internet, no cell phone service. That's where I like to go. I also like to go to Costa Rica, a 120 square foot cabin on the beach. That does have cell service and all that. Didn't have it before. But we're used to spending this time. And I think a lot of people have been so busy with life that for some people, this is actually nice. So I'm hearing that and they have their jobs. The second thing I'm hearing is, you know, Joe Afanador, uh, who, you know, I love my barbershop. I love my barbershop. It's closed. You know, I look, I, I'm, you know, I feel like I don't feel as intact when I don't have a nice cut. And Joe was one of the ones that cut my hair uh, and um, he's out of a job. So he couldn't pay his membership. So that's what I'm hearing also. And then I'm hearing, uh, I'm drinking a lot. I'm depressed. I feel like I invited this guy uh, to come to the online class. He goes, I, I just am not there, Kev. Um, I'm feeling really anxious. I'm drinking every night and I, I just don't feel good. And uh, I said, well, listen, I'm doing a, um, a, medit it's a meditation class going to be going on this Saturday at four o'clock. Diane Rose, amazing, um, amazing massage therapist. I shouldn't even call her that. She's more of a healer. 
And he said, Kevin, I'm just I'm not in it. So, you know, where do I go from there? I said, well, listen, do you need to talk to someone? He said, well, listen, to be honest with you, talking to you has been great. And uh, I wouldn't have talked to anyone. You know, he's just kind of isolated himself. So then I said, well, do you want to talk to Mike? And he said, I, I think that would be good. You know, Mike's a psychologist. So Mike reached out to him. And uh, I think they probably by now must have a conversation if they connected. Yeah. So I mean, that, that's the why, right? That's, you, you never know the impact you're going to make or who's picking up that phone on the other end and, and, and what they're up to. Yeah. How so picking to, up and saying hello. Yeah. The, how people react to PTSD, you know, their nerd, like what comes out, how people isolate at times like this, people handle different, handle it differently. And, um, it, it, picking up and saying hello can, can change the trajectory of someone's life big time. Yeah. So guys, you guys at other schools that aren't training right now, reach out to your training partners. Say what, how you doing? Check in with them, man. Because you know, you're doing jujitsu. That's, pretty good therapy and now all of a sudden that's gone and um you know some of the gyms are are struggling themselves on what to do with this some people are putting online videos out so they're like i said there's guys that are good guys that are lost their jobs and then there's guys that are in it are struggling and um you know jerry was struggling a bit when i spoke to him you know you you had you had noticed that And, you know, what helps when you're struggling? Well, I I can't, I can't say what helps everyone because my wife has anxiety. A lot of times she struggles with depression and what helps her is not what helps me, but what helps a lot of people I see is exercise, you know, getting out, getting some exercise, getting the endorphins going, waking up early, watching the sunrise, watching the sun. Um, and then also talking to people, being around people, you know, totally, totally. Um, how you doing, man? What's going on with you? I know you've been like, you know, you've been kind of on fire through this whole thing, like yeah, on I mean, fire, in like a, a good way because you're like creating and like, yeah, you're off, you know, working yeah. hard. But uh, you know, how sustainable is it too? You know, we're going around the clock. There's mania involved in it also. We spoke about that, you know, as an artist and just like the muse is calling right now and creating, getting everything I can done. So working hard, but um, this is what a weird moment in time, huh? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I felt like this week was a very good week for me because I'm talking to you every morning. I'm doing the kids classes, 12, uh, I'm connecting with the kids in a really interesting way. And even now connecting with the parents a lot more, I, you know, because people have time. I mean, we spoke about, you know, how we're going to, uh, we've been working together for like, what, almost two years? Yeah. Like that. And this has just been, I mean, I, I what, what a transition for, for all of us, but especially for you, Kev, I haven't seen this in like, this has been, it's been a struggle for everyone. This is no joke, man. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think people should, even if, you know, everyone can says they're doing good and have their job, but there's still a lot of, a lot with society around this right now. And a lot uh, of unknowns, a lot of unknowns. I will tell you that if you're a business owner, obviously, you know, I mean, my sister lost her restaurant. She had an $800 million restaurant, you know, doing great. And she closed 30 employees gone. You 800 know? million? 
No, I'm saying her restaurant was probably worth $800,000 million. And now it's just closed. It's worth zero. And she had not, that obviously is hard, but the fact that she had to lay off 30 employees, probably even harder. And she has another small cafe that's still going. And it was her original restaurant. Yeah. But I'm, I know that's been cash flow negative. And she's got single mom, three kids. She does really well for herself. She's worked her ass off, but she's also in her mid fifties, late fifties, mid fifties. Yeah. You know, she's trying to, trying to get out and retire. It just, uh, it's, it's, I, you know, Kev, you hear those stories and like your sister, and then we you know we were all over the place with the numbers before and why you, you and Aaron were talking a bit. I was poking around. So I was like, wait, I was 54. It was 54 yesterday. I mean, look at, yeah. the, look at the spread. Yeah. yeah, 90, yeah. I mean, um, that's fucking crazy. What's that? It's almost a third, yeah? Yeah, so my, I, my wife doesn't like I do this, but sometimes I go, okay, so what's the positive out of it? Yeah. What's the positive out of it? Turn on bad luck. And my sister doesn't like that either. She didn't, you know, and I wasn't about to talk to her about that, which, you know, let yeah, people have their rainy day first and then pick yourself up. Like for me, I had a couple couple dark days and then I picked myself up out of it. Yeah. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that in the last, you know, five minutes because I, I, for myself, I think it's so important to create this time where you're off the devices, while you're connected with nature, while you're out of it. That's why I love jujitsu so much because those are little times when you're disconnected from the world, you're in the moment, you're doing jujitsu that's why I go to the cabin in the Adirondacks. That's why I bring my family there for long periods of time um, and uh, play games, play board games, you know, kind of slow it down, slow it down. You know, um, what, is it, what is it about the two things, Kev? I was thinking about that today also about, you know, my goals to get back to writing music, the way I'm feeling right now, being in service and, 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 you know, we're talking about state of being and how you show up. And my, my, my feeling when we're on the mats together and we're in that, and it goes back to the flow state, the, the actual state of being feels the same. If I, if I bring it back to the heart, when I'm in that flow state on jujitsu, when we're out in nature, when we're doing our thing, when I'm writing music, when we're playing guitar, when we're in that moment, it's the same feeling. How do you feel about that? Well, um, definitely. I know the, when you're in the flow state, you're, you're focused on something, right? So you're just focused on that. And right now, we're just focused on one, trying to slow this thing down Two, how can we help the community? And three, how can we keep our studio that it's going to stay open and we're still going to have this jujitsu thing? Cause that's also in the back of my head. But like I you said know? to you this morning, those, those three things though, what's beautiful about that is like to be selfish is selfless and to be selfless is to be selfish. I told you that it was like, I thought yeah. it was, that- it's cool. It's all, it's all fitting together. Yeah. Um, because they're one and the same at this point, like to keep it open is to, to help as many people as possible and to help as many people as possible, slowing it down. And that's like, for me, that's how I feel like I know I'm on the right path because it's, it's compounding the reciprocity. Well, that's what jujitsu did for me though. It slowed my life down. Yeah. I mean, listen, the time I have after training and I'm exhausted and I'm just hanging on the mat. Sometimes you sit around for like 20 minutes. You don't have a care in the world talking to your friends and uh, I didn't have that before. It was always like, All right, what's this? What's that? What's that? And we live in northern New Jersey. I say this a lot. We live in northern New Jersey. What does that mean? That means that there's so much opportunity here that you could be working like endlessly. 
Endless. And just going, 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 going. And there's so much competitiveness amongst the kids and, and, and everyone's just running. And it's almost like for what? It's almost like you, you see, all right, you run to the near, you know, you, you go to the best high school, the best college to make all that money so you can yeah. work at the best job so you can support your kids. Also, you can pay for their colleges, but you never even see them. Yeah. You know, so I feel like now we get to, you get to really see our kids. Yeah. We get to make dinner for them every night. Yeah. And it's like, I, I tell a story. I supported a kid in Guatemala for seven years. Right. And I was, uh, you know, paying in a monthly thing or whatever it was. I think I was in my mid twenties, early thirties. And we'd get write a letter, you get something back. I don't think the kid had much connection to me, but I, they, they, they make you feel that way because you get a letter from every once in a while and his name's on it. But, you know, I, I doubt the kid would even know who I was, to be honest with you. But anyway, to make a long story short, when I was traveling through Guatemala with my friend Matt Marcantonio, I think I was about 28, we decided to go from Costa Rica to Mexico and back. And I said, man, wouldn't it be great to stop in and just surprise this kid <laughs> and see him, you know? Yeah. So um, I had been running my painting company at the time and I had just finished a big job, a short Hills couple, um, Indian couple, super nice people, but they were like super busy. They were very wealthy and they had a nanny and, and both of them were really, I was painting the house on the outside and the inside. So when you're painting people's houses, you kind of understand the rhythm of what goes on because you're there all day. And, um, and they would get home late and, Kids had a great house, great education, super nice kids, well-behaved, very well-educated. But what I noticed is that they would eat dinner in front of their computers at around 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, given to them by the nanny. And if, if they were lucky, they got to see their parents before they went to bed for a little while, but usually only one of them. Now, I, what I love about Short Hills is all the Indian people are coming in, and when their relatives come, they all stay in the house. There's like 10 of them. They all walk together. So they actually are bringing their culture there, which is kind of cool, which is all about family. Yeah. But if they're here and they're not with their family, and they're working, this is kind of what's happening. Well, I'm going somewhere on this. So to make a long story short, I ended up seeing that kid's house and I visited them and he kind of really didn't know who I was, but as I, you know, his dad explained to him, all right, the kid had a dirt floor. He had hammocks in his house for beds. But they had really nice sneakers, which is kind of interesting, like really nice sneakers. And it seemed like they were like the well-off family in the town. Um, and you think you're, you're donating this money, you think you're giving it to the poorest kid. But he seemed like he was like more well-off, even though he had the dirt floor and hammocks. It's because he had your donation, bro. <laughs> Maybe. But I was happy about that. But yeah. so... The family, um, I don't remember what they did. I'm, maybe I'm going to think they were picking coffee, but whatever they did, they were out 6 a.m. in the morning, 5.30, and it was all of them. The kids went with them. The ones that went to school went for a little while. The young ones were in school, so you know they went to them to work. And their grandparents lived close by, and they were back home by 2 o'clock. And they were all hanging out, playing music. They lived by a beautiful river. So they would all play next to the river. The river was super clean. It, was, it, was, uh, it wasn't near Guatemala City. It was like on the outskirts of Antigua. And man, they, they just had a great time, like for hours together. And I thought, man, who has it better? Who has it better? 
Reminds I'd rather be the kid in Guatemala. It reminds me like you're, you're, you're part Guatemalan, right? Uh, Bolivia. Bolivia, okay. Bolivian. But um, it reminds me of this National Geographic. It was like this one thing that he was in the, in the jungle with a tribe and all that. And I, we want to be respectful of time, Professor. Let me know if you want to jump because it's, I think yeah. it's a touch yeah. over an hour. But, um, and, and they were doing the interview and, the, you know, typical white guy and with a tribe and wherever it was deep in, in the Amazon. It's like, do you ever feel bad that, you know, you never get to get in there? They all look at each with no teeth. So we feel bad for you. <laughs> You know, exactly <laughs> yeah you guys are the ones that are like freaking Lost. haven't put your feet on the ground in years so um what's going to come out of this is maybe a memory of what it should be like we are seeing our kids every day and we are working with them a little more life's very sectioned off too you know, kids are at school, you're at work, you're at your job, you're just doing this, you come together for a short period of time. I mean, Maplewood's pretty cool, though. I will tell you, there's a lot of stay-at-home dads, there's a lot of people that work from home. You know, there's a lot of people that change that norm. Even in our school, there's a lot of people that, I love that dads just, it seems in this area, dads really just give a lot yeah. um, and are around a lot. Um, but I, I remember my wife saying she wanted to live on the hill. You know, like she wanted to buy a house on near Wyoming, which I call on the hill. And I said, listen, you want to buy it? You never, you don't see me much now. You're never going to see me. My taxes are going to be like $30,000. My taxes are high now. You're never going to see me. Yeah. So we try to live underneath our means. So we have yeah. time. Times, yeah. times with people in New Jersey, that's what they, they don't have. And now we have it. So now we have it. And it's anyway. beautiful. It's beautiful. What are we closing it out with, my friend? Man, I'm just really grateful. You know, uh, a lot of people, they don't, they don't get to see you. When we've been on the podcast, it was a lot of urgency, and it's been a tough, tough couple of weeks. And uh, jiu-jitsu is where you're the happiest and where you're the most chilled out. And um, that's, that's where that's the fun time. And it's just nice to, to have jiu-jitsu, us doing this for the community, it's, it's good to have you back, man. It's really nice to, I'm really grateful to just talk with you right now and to just shoot the shit like we do. It's beautiful. My man, my man. Yeah, yeah. man. Well, you created this, bro. Yeah. We I had to throw a little fire under you a little bit. Co-created. <laughs> um, so, well, anyway, so Jiu-Jitsu family, thank you so much for being there. Thank you for having your kids come to the kids class. Thank you guys for coming. And uh, if you listen to this whole thing, thank you for listening to us. What are you grateful for, Professor? Real quick, close it out. Um, I'm grateful that, that I could do something in this to help a little bit. Yeah. You know, I'm not on the nurse. You know, I'm home every day. You know, I'm glad that I could help someone in this, you know. You know, I feel like I've been, a lot of my life, I've been kind of selfish and making sure I took care of me and my family. And I feel like I'm 49 now and I better get to the given because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, I'm not old that old, but I feel like I have a lot to, to give and it's nice to be able to, to help out a little bit and hopefully, you know, just listening to this or coming to a class or, or whatever, any of the stuff we're doing can help brighten people's day or. You know, I think the, it's really cool. The Instagram little stories. I learned how to do the Instagram TV thing and I'm thinking this stuff. I, I, I just have a 
I just was was lucky to grow up as a positive. I, I don't know when I came out of the move. I, I was I've always been a positive person. Yeah. And my mom was a huge force of positivity in my life, and um, I feel like maybe you know that's what I have to give to people at times like this, or even just regular life. Yeah, man. So look at the positive side. So look at the positive side. See what you get out of this. There's a lot to be gotten. There's a lot to grab right now. A lot of love, a lot of connection. I'm connecting with these kids right now, having fun. It's, you know, a lot to connect with. So reach out to people and ask them how you can help. Stay connected, everybody. Thanks for listening. Peace.